Welcome to Things to Know. I'm Luca, and on this show, we talk to the people that make the Thingdoms special. Today, we're talking to legendary community member and host of the Lonely Things Club, Sneeza. I hope you enjoy this interview, but more importantly, I hope you learn something. Thank you so much for coming on today. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Yeah, so uh, I go by Sneeza. Um, I have grown up and lived in West Virginia my entire life. Um, I just turned 30 in June, so I hit a new decade this year. I, yeah, thanks. I, uh, I'm married. I have um, one daughter right now and uh, actually one on the way. I haven't told anyone yet, but. Well, congrats again. Um, and, and we're glad that yeah, this is the platform you chose to break that news on. Um, that's, that's very exciting. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about West Virginia. I've never been. Um, this may be offensive, but my general view of it is that it's not the most exciting place in the world. Um, is that your experience? Like, how do you view West Virginia? Do you like it? I do. So I, there's kind of two viewpoints that I have for it. There's the state itself, uh, which encompasses like the, all of the nature, hiking, outdoor activities. And then there's the, um, the people and their ideals. Um, so the state itself is absolutely beautiful. Um, it's an outdoor enthusiast paradise. There's skiing in the winter. Um, there's whitewater rafting, tons of hiking, any kind of outdoor activity you would want to do, you can do here. However, it is generally a more conservative state. And um, given the political climate of today, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, and it's hard because the state itself is so beautiful and, and we could do so many great things, but in some ways we're being held back by more traditional ideals and um, the, the unwillingness to, to embrace um, technology and different viewpoints. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic here. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, and that's a very well thought out perspective on the state. Have you ever considered leaving? Or are you going to be a, a lifetimer in the state? What's kind of the long-term plan? So, yeah, I, my wife and I's philosophy is the, the cost of living and everything here is so cheap. Um, and we, we have very, very good jobs for, for anywhere, but, uh, especially West Virginia. Um, I think the median household income is less than, than $50,000 here. Um, so that kind of gives you a perspective on, you know, how much it costs to live. So both of us are from here. Um, we, we went to college away and then we, we came back, uh, settled down. And, um, I think our plan, unless things change, um, is to stay here and just travel as much as we can. Um, we both love traveling a ton 
we just took our daughter to uh, Colorado this past summer. She did great on the plane and, and with the crazy travel schedule. So that was kind of like a, a phase gate to see, see how much we're able to travel going forward. So, um, yeah, that's sort of our philosophy and we're both super, uh, connected to our families here. That's, I think one thing of the, like the West Virginia mindset, um, that we both really embraced. We're, we're super close to our families. Um, we're building a house next to her parents, um, just started that. Uh, so I think our plans to stick around and just travel. That'll be a fun lifestyle for a while. Um, that'll be yeah. really, really exciting. And I'm glad that first trip with the the kid went well. That's always a nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, yes. especially if you want to travel in the future. Um, it's like a real fingers sure. crossed moment. So, um, right. <laughs> glad that went well. So let's pivot a little bit and, uh, talk about crypto. How did you find crypto? How did it come across your your radar? Um, what drew you to it? Yeah, so my my first uh, exposure was actually back in college in uh, 2012 or 2013. I was just, you know, bored looking at the internet and stuff. And I found a, a coin called Ripple at the time. Uh, turned into XRP. And, you know, I was a poor college kid. I had like no money at the time. So I didn't end up buying any, but I followed the price action for a while. And, um, you know, it went up and down just like any kind of cryptocurrency does, but the general trend was, was up. And I was sort of, uh, kicking myself for not spending whatever little money I, I had on that instead of buying like a case of beer for the weekend. But um, after that, I got busy with classes and graduating and getting married and stuff. So I, I got out of it and didn't follow it for several years, um, really until like August of 2021. Um, I have a coworker. Um, I, I used to work for a contractor for the Department of Energy, and I just got hired as a federal employee at the Department of Energy. Um, and I had been working with this coworker for a long time. Um, and he had told me about uh, Ethereum, and um, you know, I had heard of Ethereum and Bitcoin, the big ones. But he he let me know that Ethereum can be used to buy art and nfts and i was like yeah that sounds cool um but i'm not super into art and you know like i have a house and all these bills to pay like what what's the point of buying it so i started looking into it a little bit more and um he showed me his portfolio he had a cryptodes which at the time was like eight or ten eth um some subducts and and a bunch of different others and he was making a killing but i was like yeah okay that sounds good i'll uh i'll you know follow a couple projects on OpenSea for a week or two and see kind of what happens with them um and the the one project that i originally bought 
um, I had followed it for that week or two and it looked like it was ready for like a major pump. So I bought in, um, and it, it did end up pumping. Um, but I, I made the rookie mistake of not selling that, uh, that price action and just held, um, that project ended up just like totally dying out the founders rugged and, um, it was, it was actually a really good lesson because it was a super cheap, um, a super cheap buy-in price. And it kind of taught me that unless you're super into a project and like see it for its long-term vision, just sell the, <laughs> sell the pump and don't get emotionally attached to them. Yeah. That is a great lesson to learn. And particularly if it was not a super expensive one. So for sure. Um, unfortunate it happened, but you know, couple couple silver linings to that one. Yeah. Um, I want to jump all the way back to when you find Ripple and XRP. I I mean Ripple XRP. Yeah. Um, what got you interested in it? So you're following the price action, and you can see that it's kind of like moving up, moving down, upwards mm -hmm. trend. Um, was it purely the price side of it that made it interesting, or were you like conceptually thinking about? cryptocurrencies and, and what they could do as well at the time? No, it was, it was definitely both. Um, obviously as a poor college kid, you're looking for any way to make some additional money to do, you know, all of the fun things you want to do. But, um, it was the technology behind it also. Um, so I was in school for, uh, physics. So I was already super interested in, um, like math and science and technology and, real world applica applications of that. Um, and so looking in the background of it, um, I saw, you know, like what the technology was behind it and how it could be applied. Um, so that was really one of the main factors of trying to follow it. And I think that helped a lot on the most recent end already sort of having that background knowledge however limited it was and long ago but sort of knowing okay this isn't just like crazy internet money like there's a an underlying technology behind it that can be applied to a bunch of different real world applications um so i thought that was really cool and um definitely has the potential in the future for for major change in the in the world financially and um technology wise yeah i uh i totally agree um and i i can empathize with that college perspective of like i'm very interested in it but i don't have money uh, to go and, and like really explore it or, or get into the sandbox, um, and then kind of losing track of it. So yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, pivoting a little bit forward. I know we jumped back and now jumping forward into the, the NFT side of it. Um, you're kind of looking at these projects, you find your first one, um, learn your lesson on selling, um, kind of figure out that you want to focus on projects that you're, you're really interested in. Um, how does Thingdoms come across your radar? How do you find out about Thingdoms? And then what kind of motivates you to join the community? 
Yeah. So I, I don't want to say I have the most interesting, uh, story, but it's definitely one of the most interesting, I think. So So top five. Yeah. (laughs) We'll let the, we'll let the community judge. Um, so I, I had made the Twitter account specifically for NFTs like you're supposed to. Um, and I have like zero followers at this point. I, I had bought my first NFT beginning of October. It was like October 7th or 8th. And so my Twitter feed is super new. I'm not following anyone but like the major names, like Zeneca and those kind of people. And so I see this random account pop up called like 000 NFT. And it says something along the lines of at a hundred followers, something happens. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know what giveaways are true or not at this point. So I'm like, what, there's no reason not to do it. So I follow the account. They start tweeting some random stuff and we hit a hundred followers and I get a discord DM or a, a Twitter DM with a discord link. So I join now, not knowing that there's a ton of scams and stuff. Right. But so I join and it, it ends up being thingdoms. So that was, that was the kind of the story finding it. Um, and then for why I stuck around, um, it was exciting not knowing what was happening um, and being in like at the very, very beginning. Um, a couple months ago, I went back to look and I think I joined like 12 or something to the Discord. So I literally have been, been around since the very, very beginning. Yeah, um, like the literal beginning. You can't yeah, go, like you can only go 11 for first hour. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what that dynamic was like. Um, you get into the Discord, there's only a couple other people in there. Um, brand new project. What was the atmosphere at that time? Like, were you like super engaged with it? Um, was it like, oh, this is cool, I'll add it and, and check up on it, you know, down the road? Um, what were those like super, super early days, like before the mint had even happened? So from what I remember, um, I was only in like that other projects discord. So I didn't have a ton of different discords that I was in. Um, and being new to NFTs, like you're checking up on everything all the time. So I was in there a lot, not necessarily talking because I didn't really know how discord worked at the time. Um, but it was fairly active, although no one knew what was happening, right? It's just like not named anything. There's no information, but it's growing. And, um, it sort of started out as like your typical GM and just like small talk, but then we started speculating on what this could actually be. Um, I forget who it is, but someone thought it was a stag party for Luke at the time, um, which was pretty funny. Uh, a lot of uh, sup ducks were in here 
super, super early too. Um, but coming in from a totally outside perspective, like I had no clue what was going on. Um, and as we started growing, we started getting a lot more information too, like little leaks here and there, um, speculation on what the project would be. And as we grew the, the discord started building out with, um, you know, roles and, um, thing FM came about eventually. And we started having like the live shows with, um, be love and Mr. Quasar and a couple other people. Um, but I think the thing that kept me around was just how exciting and mysterious it was, um, initially before we saw any of the art and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a very cool little period in time where there's still like a ton of possibility left in the project. No one really knows what's going on. Um, but like you were saying, there's excitement and there's leaks kind of coming out and it's growing. Um, sounds very, very cool. Um, so as you said, this community is kind of forming. There's a lot of activity and action. Um, people are getting excited. The mint happens, uh, whitelist obviously happens. People kind of get their things. You end up volunteering to host a, a space called the Lonely Thing Club. Can you walk us through how that happened, kind of what the premise was behind it, um, and just some of your, your favorite kind of moments from it? Yeah. Um, so with with Thing FM, um, B-Love and Mr. Quasar and all of those guys were making these just like funny fake commercials. And there was a commercial, I think it still still plays on there, called um, The Lonely Husbands Club. Um, and kind of as a joke, I asked B-Love one day, you know, can I make this an actual thing and like make it uh, either on Thing FM or on Twitter where we like actually talk about people's problems and um like crypto in general but make it like half serious half satire where it's like still that funny character type um conversation but like we can actually touch on real subjects and he was like yeah man go for it um so i hosted a twitter space and a couple people came and that's sort of how that came about um the early days the of origin of, story yeah um but i think my favorite part of it there's kind of two i loved when undying mark came on and would tell us the stories about um like his wife and his kid just like crazy stories they were hilarious and uh i kind of miss him coming on i do too those those stories were highlights of the week uh every week they they were just hilarious yeah. so undying merc if you're listening gotta get you um, back we need more stories yeah, yeah. we need you back <laughs> um more recently though when uh i i held a a lonely things club when um the sport things reveal was happening and that one was really cool it kind of brought back that like post mint excitement again 
where we were all on a space together while the things are revealing and we're like trying to figure out rarities and um, seeing what each other got. And that was really cool. Um, I typically try to have the space last like a half hour to an hour. And I think we were on that one for almost two, just because we were all having so much fun um, and speculating on what rarities they were and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So it was super fun. Yeah, that's that sounds incredible. I missed that one, unfortunately. Um, but I have been a pretty regular listener and they are just a ton of fun, like you said, to connect with the community, talk about real issues, but in a form that that isn't super, super serious. Um, they're really, really enjoyable. So from me and and I think from the broader Thingdoms community, thank you for hosting those and, and kind of putting the effort in to make sure those happen. For um, sure. Because they are super, super enjoyable. That's good to hear. Sometimes I, <laughs> you always sort of doubt yourself, right? When you're doing something that you're not, mm -hmm. um, not super comfortable doing. So that's, that's good to hear. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, thank you. They, they are super fun. Um, I wanted to zoom out a little bit here. As you kind of look down the road, what do you see changing in crypto? What do you see being built in crypto? What does the future kind of look like for us and, and for the world in general? Um, that's a great question. Um, I think the possibilities are not necessarily endless, but there are a ton. Um, for the broader NFT, um, use case. I mean, everyone has said like important documents. So like a deed to a house or a car title could, could be an NFT. Um, and the verification aspect of that is really where I think it's going to make the biggest impact. Cause like right now to get, um, a house deed, you have to fill out so much paperwork and all of that could be avoided with like a bunch of different parties having to verify that and sign. You could do it all on blockchain and it's verifiable. It's there, you know, you have it in your wallet, you're the owner. Um, and then when you sell the house, you either physically transfer it or there's an automatic transferal somehow. Um, identification documents like driver's licenses and uh, passports, you know, stuff that, that you have to have a verification for um, would be awesome to have as NFTs, even as a counterpart to a physical um, there's definitely something to be said for like a physical passport or driver's license, but having a digital, even if it's just a backup would be nice. Um, not having to go through like, Oh, I lost my driver's license. Now I have to go to the DMV and provide five different identification documents. You can just pop in, show them, Hey, I have this NFT of my driver's license. Just send me a new one. Um, another use case that I recently thought of were, like authenticating video files. So like 
deep fakes are are becoming more and more indistinguishable from like authentic video and you could authenticate a, a video as like from the original creator through an nft and then whoever's viewing it knows that it's like the original and from that actual person and not like a fake so information verification um i think could be a, a big use case of nfts yeah i think the deep fake kind of video authenticity verification ideas is super, super interesting. And I haven't heard a ton of people talk about it um, beyond the idea of ownership, right? This, it, since it's just a permanent record, um, it also allows you to authenticate stuff, which once you say it is pretty obvious, but it, it makes a ton of sense, um, especially with deep fakes, as you were saying, becoming more prevalent. Um, as we kind of move towards wrapping this up, what's one final thought that you want to leave with the Thingdom community or wish they would think about? Oh, that's hard. Um, I, I guess I would sort of encourage everyone to, um, you know, stay active. I know sometimes, especially right now, while Ethereum's down and there's kind of not a whole lot going on, um, that it's easy to just write the project off, move on, cut your losses if you bought in at a higher price point. But the majority of projects aren't going to 10x or even 5x this fast i mean there's certainly projects that do that i for one come from a more traditional investing background where it's like you put a little bit of money in a 401k or a roth um and let it sit and you're looking 30 years down the road not for like turning ten dollars into fifteen hundred in a week and if you're into that great like go for it. Good luck. Um, but I try to find projects that I can see being around in five or 10 years. And I personally think that we will be, um, I have a lot of trust in, um, Luke and Owen and DJ gom gom. If I'm missing anyone else from the team, I'm sorry. But uh, from the team in, in general, advisors, having Scott on our advisors um, council is um, super, super important and uh, valuable, I think. And um, kind of just realize that this is a speculative investing opportunity and, you know, anything can happen, but have fun with it too. Um, there's a lot of opportunities to meet some really cool people in here. Um, and I have made some super, super good friends in the Thingdoms community, people that I would definitely want to hang out with, um, IRL someday and, um, at some conferences or go grab a coffee or whatever. 
So I, that was super long-winded, but I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about this community. It just, they're awesome. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you'd like to connect with Sneeza, you can find them on Twitter, at Sneeza, with two E's, two Z's, and two A's. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can also find me on Twitter, at It's Luca WM. I'd like to extend a huge thank you to Sneeza for joining me on the show today, but also for everything they do for this community. The Lonely Things Club is one of the highlights that I look forward to every couple of weeks. Thank you. And a huge thank you to this community as always, without you, none of this would be possible. If you know someone that should be featured on this show, DM me on Twitter or on Discord. I'd love to hear your opinion. As always, stay thingy, do good things, and I'll see you next week.